This episode of the You Can't Sit With Me podcast is brought to you by FabFitFun. I don't even know where to begin. I fucking love this company. I've been stalking them for years. Their brand new fall box, which is autumn box for UK people, just in case, is now available. And I heard that it's selling really, really fast. It's filled with full-size premium items from beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, all the things that I talk about on this show that I would normally never be able to afford and that I basically put myself in credit card debt for. The box is valued $200 and over, but it retails for $49.99. It's tailored to your specific preferences and needs. Fat Fit Fun is all about self-discovery, self-love, and staying on top of current trends. Plot twist, I'm getting you guys $10 off your first box. All you gotta do is go to fabfitfun.com and enter my code Sit with me at checkout and you're welcome. Hope you enjoy your items. You can't sit with me. Hosted by Deanna Espear. We have Billy Lee from, people know you from Vanderpump Rules, but obviously you're so much more than that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. It's amazing because I, okay, I've bitched about everyone on the show. <laughs> Probably bitched about you on the show, to be honest. I just want to put it out there that I've said those things because I don't want to be like a fakie who meets people and who's like, right. when obviously I critique the show for a living, kind of. Yeah. So I want you to give kind of a tangible thing that people can use or go buy or an app that they can download that really drastically improves your day-to-day life. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, my, you can take some time to think if you don't have anything. Um, actually, well, I'm. I do this gratitude meditation. It's. I usually share a link, a link like I swipe up in my Instagram uh-huh. to encourage my followers to do it. But um, it's ten minutes, and this guy just guides you through a gratitude, and he encourages you to scream it, mm-hmm. to really be vocal and use emotion behind it, because then it creates these powerful wavelengths, and it helps you manifest everything you want. Yeah. And when we're grateful for things, um, it's it attracts abundance. Right. So I would tell everyone it's it's life changing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. What's it called? It's just a grat. I don't know exactly. His we'll link it in the des- in the description. Yes, because I'll send it to you. I'll send you the link. Okay, thanks. Perfect. By the way, I don't know if people know this, but I'm here with Tali. By the way, hi guys. Um, she wanted to co-host. Well, I wanted her to co-host because she's binged on the show, and I basically bullied her brother into dating me. <laughs> and because we're gonna talk about dating, I was like, why? Like, you might as well just join. Whatever at this point. Well, you, thanks for having me. Yeah, she's she's hilarious, by the way. I've had like, I, I went to my first music festival with her, which was Lollapalooza. Um, oh my God, in Chicago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I have a, f- a fear of crowds. Um, me too. She made my festival experience very, very fun. Oh. Did you do Molly? Yeah. No. Wait, no. <laughs> she did. No, I was like, I can't do any festival without Molly. No, but I, <laughs> maybe I should I have. I wish I hadn't though, honestly. Really? It was a bad batch. It was a bad batch. Oh, no. And I saw some friends' stories and I was like, it looks really hot there. Was it hot? It was hot that day. But that weekend, actually, the weather was perfect. Oh, good. But then we got stuck in a line for like 30 minutes. Yeah, and that was a buzzkill. And I really freaked out because this guy, this like obnoxious like frat boy guy was like screaming in our ears. And I was literally like, you need to shut the fuck up. And also, um, they confiscated my e-cigarette. And that really bugged me because I, you can't do music festival without your um, substance. Your that vape. You're addicted to your vape to. My vape. Yeah. Huh? 
why would they take it i don't know honestly like and i don't even know what they do with it because they probably confiscate so many if you think about it so i mean at coachella they're all over yeah. life is beautiful they're all over they don't take anything i don't know yeah i don't know it's fucking sucks it really bugged me maybe one. we should investigate we should investigate what should happens I, to all the stolen should i call them vapes? up and get a refund on the tickets and be yeah. like you ruined my festival experience because <laughs> you took my fucking vape no it's, they're gonna be like if you check the website you'll see in the small print that we don't allow it they'll always have like a that's just bogus though i'm so pissed off anyway so many tangents i want to ask you you know about these like affirmations that you say every day mm-hmm. it really fucking bugs me sometimes because so many people are now coming up with like these books and audiobooks and they're like you know if you manifest things it will happen and some of those people i really want to punch them in the face because it's all these like instagram girls who are like funny positivity like love yourself love you and it really bugs me so i just want to know like <laughs> it really fucking bugs me so i want to know what kind of um how has it positively like impacted your life like does it work how has it worked how can you say that it's worked for you because i need the substance behind you know the the whole like love yourself be yourself kind of thing um well you know your thoughts are create your reality yeah right? so we all know that absolutely so yeah. if you're thinking negative things about your body then you're more likely to have low self-esteem be insecure right and you don't attract good things mm-hmm. i mean what really attractive guy likes a really insecure girl like there's something no wrong one. with a guy if someone's like really into insecure girls that yeah. means most likely they want to like take charge of them control them yeah so it all starts with your thought. And if your thought can create amazing, powerful things, like I'm from a trailer park in Indiana and the trailer park was built on trash, literally. I went to school in Indiana. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Where? Hoosier, Indiana. Hoosier. Oh, cool. Yeah, IU. Um, I, was, I just met someone that was, went to IU too. Um, but so I'm from a trailer park, literally yeah. on trash. Yeah. And because I changed my thought patterns, like my parents raised me, they taught me to be stressed out, to be negative, to fight. Their thoughts were very negative and they attracted a lot of negative things, including jail time, prison, drugs, addictions. Mm -hmm. And I did everything in my power to think, to change my thought and to change my perception. And if you change your perception from fear to love, that's considered a miracle according Uh to Course in Miracles. Um, So to me, I believe it. You know, I mean, there are people out there who can preach it all day long. And then if you go see them run to the bathroom and do a line of Coke and they have the worst <laughs> life ever or something, and then I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to stand behind them. <laughs> yeah. But the people that I follow and that inspire me, um, you know, I, I, I see it. I, I believe it because I see it and I've, I've done it with my own life. Like, yeah, I literally turned my life around completely. That's yeah. awesome. It's because of the power of my thought and because of gratitude and journaling and manifesting. I mean, I was born a boy that grew up in a trailer park in Indiana. And now I'm sitting here with a vagina <laughs> identifying completely as female. Yeah. In West Hollywood slash Beverly Hills of California. And like, I live an amazing life. So. Yeah. And everyone embracing you as female as well. Yeah. Which exactly. is amazing. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, that was, you know, obviously a little bit tougher. It was. Yeah. Especially in Indiana, I'm sure. Yeah, it was a hard knock life for yeah. sure. But that's great, though, because I feel like it's really important to just say nice things to yourself. So I want to talk to you guys about shopping for a sec, okay? Because you all know, and I know too, that shopping is just a very slippery slope for me. And when I become obsessed with something, I go psycho because of my incapacity to select efficiently. I know, it's a real issue. So I want to tell you guys about FabFitFun, okay? Think of it as minimum effort, and by that I mean no effort at all, and maximum results, which is the only thing I live by in life, by the way. 
Their four box, which is autumn box for UK people, again, is available and you'll basically get full-size trending products sent right to your doorstep each season. So basically, the hassle of shopping is just completely taken care of for you. You will save money on quality, full-size products, time, which is very important to me because I'm very inefficient, and the hassle of keeping up with trends. So my favorite item from the box is this cheese board and let me tell you why. Okay, I'm Swiss. I eat cheese at least three, four times a day and Lord knows, I've spent years buying all this stuff for my house, accessories, you know, plates, things, thinking they would make my house look more chic when in fact it was just clutter I never ended up using and it, it just ended up collecting dust and I would have never thought for myself to go buy a cheese board. It has this removable ceramic plate so you can easily wash it and it has this adorable stainless steel cutlery with it. It's right there on my kitchen counter. I fill it with snacks for my guests and I'm always asked where I got it from. And in my opinion, there's nothing better for the ego than that kind of validation, okay? So when I got my box, I was a little skeptical, I'm not gonna lie, because a subscription box can be risky business. You know, you could get stuff that you're not necessarily into that might not make your investment worth it. But the best part about FatFitFun is that it's also customizable for the micromanagers out there, wink, wink. The company also has the perks that come with the subscription. My favorite one being Fat Fit Fun TV. It's kind of like their little version of Netflix. They provide home fitness, guided meditation, DIY recipes, and so much more content for you guys to consume. Fat Fit Fun will deliver the best in beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle right to your door and full size only. Thank you. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value over $200. Since the company is all about love and giving and receiving, here's my little gift to you. With my code sit with me, you will get $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com. And for those of you who cannot count like myself, that means that your first box is going to be $39.99. It's such a steal. I'm almost getting the tingles from this. Let me tell you. So that's fabfitfun.com for $10 off using code sit with me so I, I kind of agree with that I agree with what you said about you know um a guy that's attracted to a insecure girl is like a very controlling thing because they yeah. can like manipulate them I've experienced that back in the day and I think I really started coming into my own like in the last two maybe three years yeah and that's when I had the strength to bully someone into dating me and finally someone <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a shot every time you say bully into yeah. dating I literally and now I have his sister here co-hosting with me I thought it was a very interesting plot twist how long have you been time. dating this guy like I don't even know like a, like, like not so even, not yeah like not long at all know. I've spoken about him on the podcast before he doesn't care <laughs> I like to speak about everything on the podcast from my bud jiggle to my like <laughs> um, so we all know that you quit the show yes. you did a blog post which i've read which was you know very interesting very moving i thought it was very honest and i love that you blog because so many people are like watch my listen to my podcast look at my igtv and like i love that you wrote a blog post because you can write really yeah. well just tell the listeners you know if they haven't read the blog post why you quit the show well um there was a lot of things going on in my life. It was a few things, a few reasons why I quit the show, but I really wasn't feeling good in the situation. I wasn't feeling um, secure. I felt like I was bullied. And mm -hmm. um, the thing is, it's like I, I slipped into a low vibration because I was around like a lot of drinking and fighting and it just when you work at a restaurant, it's really easy to get involved with all your coworkers, like mm -hmm. being intimate with them, mm -hmm. fighting with them. And then, you know, I was on a mission, really, honestly, I started 
just as like I wanted to be visible as a trans woman because our unemployment rate is so high. It's three times higher than the general population. And you are an activist as well. You're not like just yes. a reality star. <clears throat> yeah. I started out as an activist. I'm still an activist. I'm on the board of Equality California, Flux, and now Glisten. And I just really wanted to show America that trans people are worthy of jobs. But I got so into involved because it is so real and you really are working there and you fall in love with these people. But some of those people thought that I was just there to like, become best friends with them and I needed to prove it and I wasn't there to become best mm-hmm. friends with some basic girls so yeah. I um, just wasn't gonna like stoop down to their level and like try to kiss their ass to be their friend mm-hmm. it got to a point where it just felt really like bad and then there was also this one co-worker um, of mine he's just really negative and he's very very um, closed-minded And I heard things on and off camera that really bothered me. And at the same time, I was approached to do some epic, amazing deals with like new TV shows and book deal and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided, you know what? I think it's time to close this chapter and start a new one with my new business partner and producing partners and my new um, producing partner, which is Lionsgate as well. And now I'm doing things that I really love doing and I don't need to kiss anyone's ass. Mm. I don't need to drink. And, you know, I stopped drinking. Yeah. I just got (laughs) to kiss my own ass and make sure that she's happy. And yeah. And I have an amazing team now and my assistant, she's here and like constantly we're working to create content that's really going to educate and inspire people. Your assistant is amazing. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, (laughs) People don't understand what it takes to actually do all the stuff that, you know, you and us, like people who work in the digital sphere as well, because it's like a very public job to have. There's like teams behind it and they should get all the credit as well. Were you guys friends before? I get like a very friendly vibe. So I actually met her um, at a trans beach day. It was like one of the first trans events I went to in Los Angeles. I met her and we just started talking and she told me she was on Vanderpump Rules. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so I was like obsessed with the show. I'm just Bravo obsessed. I'm like a Bravo holic. (laughs) Like that's the only addiction I have left in my life pretty much. But um, so I met her and we were just talking and then it sort of evolved. Like I would DM her. I would just be like love you you're killing it and then it just sort of evolved and then it was literally the craziest thing because she texted me on like a random Wednesday at the end of June and was like I need an assistant do you want to be my assistant and it was right at this weird moment where I was kind of a little bit in a slump career-wise because I was like should I find something else? Like it was like one of those quit the business kind of like things that we all do where we're like, Mm -hmm. like, why can't I pick, can I please pick a less masochistic career, like real estate agent or like, please, please (laughs) something, you know, so basic people really underestimate the, like I fucking hate social media, but I hold myself on there because I have a podcast, but um, people really underestimate the power of social media with like, I've met most of like my work people have had most of my work opportunities through social media right through like following yeah, people totally. dming people most people that came on this show i originally dm'd when i wanted to make sure someone in within my community yeah that, um you know could work with me and yeah we just hit it off and she's a badass going back to what you you said about quitting the show it kind of sounds like you lost yourself you lost your purpose and you lost yeah. yourself doing the show yeah you know as an activist did you think that your time on the show kind of tarnish the image that you were trying to portray and like the cause that you were trying to you know bring to the forefront I was really disappointed how it was edited I mean at the end of the day it's edited for entertainment and um you know Americans the world people love their drama yeah but um 
yeah, I was disappointed and, and I didn't really want to continue doing it also to be disappointed even more. Right. Because at the end of the day, um, they literally only captured a very small part yeah. of an argument, basically, instead of really telling the full story. Um, and everyone that's close to me, all my friends, my mentors, my business partners were like, this is not even you, but I'm like seeing yeah. on the TV. Yeah. So it was really disappointing, but at the end of the day, like you don't have control over that and they're just trying to entertain someone and they could have really did something special. I think the castmates, the production, everyone could have really done something great and made like, you know, they had a trans person. I mean, trans people all over the world, especially in America right now are suffering and they had a chance to really shed light on something and do something positive. And unfortunately I didn't like the way it turned out, but I now have platforms where I can have control over that as yeah. an executive producer. Um, so that, and that's where, you know, my team advised me it's time to move forward and, and create things that you really want to create and have the power to do that. Right. It's good that you used it as like a stepping stone. Cause I feel like it's exactly. very easy yeah. for people it's to not just the end. It's fall like the beginning. into that. Yeah. You know? And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. It really, it brought me here to where I am today and I learned a lot. I learned a lot in the business and I'm just really, you know, like excited that I can take all of those learning experiences and now bring it to my future projects. Right. As a critic of the show, you know, I watch it and then I recap it. And on the show, you come across so different. You come across very, like much stronger. And I've heard you on a couple of podcasts now and you're so much more like emotional and have so much more compassion. And on the show, it just comes across like you're just being very bitchy and like bitter yeah. about it. And so I wanted to know, was it like a concern of yours prior? Like before you joined the show, did you think, well, I'm trying to be an activist and I'm trying to spread a message, but I'm going to be seen as a reality star. Just like all these people are going on the show. They're trying to be actors, but all they're going to be seen as is a reality star. No, I mean, I was more worried that people would think I'm some bitch yeah. versus a reality star. Yeah. I mean, our president of the United States is a reality star. So honestly the where we are in america that's a compliment if you're yeah. a reality star because they do better than all the actors. i mean you can yeah. run yeah. run the country yeah um but yeah so i definitely was just more concerned because it's like if someone recorded you for three months and they only took the pieces of you that were really annoying with your dog like let's say you're annoyed at your dog and they only took the little pieces they didn't take the pieces of you cuddling like it made with me your look dog like I'm mistreating my dog oh my god 100%. yeah people would call 911 or like they would call the animal Animals control, control. Yeah. <laughs> like but that's what they did with me they only and just like you know with sheena well sheena and i have talked about this the way she they edit her they only find the most annoying parts about her and then they added it in yeah and she's like oh i got like, like the so worst horrible. i've got, spoken about this sheena came on the like i'm actually friends with Sheena that's yeah. how I like saw you mm -hmm. out and stuff Sheena comes across so annoying on the show like whiny boy crazy yeah. and I've been out with her and have never had so much fun getting drunk exactly. and like not caring like she actually most of the time not all the yeah. time but most of the time does not care yeah no exactly so it's just kind of really sad how it works you know it's it's unfortunate but at the end of the day that's tv and they're there for ratings and to make money and so you said that you know you shooting and losing yourself brought you to a very dark place it did yeah i mean you know i it was unfortunate that i even like really cared about what other people thought but to not want to be you know to overhear certain cast members discuss not wanting me around because they might accidentally say something wrong and they just don't want to deal with it or they don't want to lose their career. The thing is people can be uncomfortable. Like if you don't know anything about the trans experience, you can be uncomfortable and just ask questions, but yeah. instead you can be uncomfortable and not want to know right. and be afraid. It's very that, dismissive. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. Environment. 
Exactly. And yeah. I'm pretty open to, you know, ignorance, but when it's backed by like this douchey, hateful energy, I just, that's when I'm like, I'm done. I can't. Are you I'm referring out. to the tweet to Jax? Cause I saw that. Cause I dug deep into the, yeah. you know, there's so many. Jax there's so many. My least favorite character after watching the show <laughs> re- very recently, I'm like, this dude is literally a psychopath. He's psycho. He literally like, is like one of those. It's like, scary. honestly, just like, just seeing him on camera like bugged me he's done horrible things like i could never never like date someone like Jax because of all the shit that he's done like i don't even know how britney does it but you know i guess they have their own thing going behind the scenes again on camera he comes across so disgusting and in person he's a more pleasant i guess he has no to i just feel like job. he literally does not know who he is just from watching. I mean, he knows. He's like a, a forever kid. He's a forever child. He just has like a, a million personalities. Yeah. When I first started, um, I he was in the doghouse because he was he like cheated on Brittany, and I was like, you know, anyone's in the doghouse, like including James. I'm very much like want to get to know the person in the doghouse. Want to get fetch them a bone and yeah. like be nice to them because I feel bad. Yeah, you want to be open. That everyone was like no do not talk to him he's awful he's horrible including like Stassi like some of his closest friends or people that have dated him before would tell me the most horrifying things about him and I'm like oh god like and I still tried to be nice to him because he wasn't he wasn't saying anything negative to me and then it started where he would say negative things to me and then it got to a point where he would just try to compliment me but it would be really like Oh, like, you know, I can't even, I can't even tell you're trans, like you're fuckable kind of thing. It's like, oh, but like my trans sisters who are still masculine or embrace masculine energy or who don't have the passing privilege aren't as like beautiful. Like it just is very backhanded. But it's it's ignorant. It's ignorant as well because he was probably trying to give you a compliment. But again, like it's an insult to the community because the whole community is not all the time able to transition completely, which I was going to get into as well. Yeah. So many questions. As an activist. Yeah. There was a lot of things that offended me. And these people don't understand that at the end of the day, I'm an activist. I'm on the board of Equality California and other organizations. I see what's going on within my community. I'm just not there to be a hosted sir the rest of my life. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. and get wasted with these people. Like that's just not. And I will just add that like I've been around that crew and getting wasted with them and like it got to a point where I was doing it like two to three times a week and even then I saw a shift in my behavior and my personality Mm -hmm. because you go through a phase where like you do it and it's so much fun then you can't cope because you're tired but then at some point you get invited to more things and then Mm -hmm. you keep going when you're past the exhaustion your personality you get more irritable you get and people don't realize that when they watch the show that most of the show everyone is so fucking wasted and it's a different thing to be wasted once and blame it on alcohol but i think it's like a completely different story to get wasted permanently and seeing how it actually really affects your psyche and people don't see that yeah so it's like important mm-hmm. to like put it out there i thought because it's like I've, four days it's like a binger i've been drunk for four days it's yes. not cute and then when you're <laughs> irritated and you're mad or if you're ignorant it becomes hateful yeah, yeah. and that's what you experience with these people so would you say that it was your negative relationships with the cast members that made you want to quit or is it also you know all the hate because i, I know you get a lot of support online obviously but like mm-hmm. there is a lot of people talking shit online as well yeah what would you say was like the main factor as to why you decided to quit Honestly, it was the negative relationship I had with myself. Right. That was a direct cause from these people. It was right. like I started believing like all of the awful things that were said. And I and I felt the rejection in a way 
that made me doubt myself, mm-hmm. made me doubt my trans experience and made me fall out of love with myself. And I don't ever want to be around anyone like that. Yeah. Someone who makes me feel like that shitty. And I'm not ca- saying all of them. There's only a few that made me feel that shitty. And, um, and this whole thing of like, you need to prove to be my friend. And that's not my intention. I didn't go in to be someone's friend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was that. And then also with my new projects, there's a lot of amazing things on the table including money and I can't pass that up yeah I mean at the end of the day a lot of people who are on Vanderpump Rules including some of the main cast members don't really want to be there anymore and they are predominantly doing it for the money you know yeah that's the vibration the vibration is everyone's over it It, it's like they're fucking over it people at sir like I started working there James and I had so much fun together we it's like fresh energy and then you have some of the girls that's been there for like seven years and they hate going to sir they hate talking to fans they hate waiting on tables they hate dealing with people and I don't like being around that because I was like having fun. I'm like, this is fresh yeah. for me. This is new. It was yeah, exciting. It's like such a drag. I know it you. Do, I know yeah. you don't want to name any names, but I will name them because I don't give a fuck. I've seen like a real, for example, Sheena, who I hated when I watched the, the show, doesn't think she's above it. I find that like when she goes, she's always like nice to the fans and like mm-hmm, tries to make an nice. effort. She's always lovely and she's always open to like including new people because she doesn't see it as like a test. Like. I want to test you to see if you're worthy of being my friend. If she sees right. that someone has like good energy and she will go out to Tom Tom, for example, and have drinks and mix with people and talk to people and make friends. And then Stasi, for example, who I was her biggest fan, like, you know, from the beginning of the show, she's there sitting with Lisa Vanderpump and she's very much acting like she's above the show. She does. Oh, she yeah. thinks she's above the show now. I think she thinks she's above everyone. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but 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 there are sweet parts of Stassi, and there are things about her that I do enjoy watching. And she, I think the only thing great about her is her boyfriend. He's so fucking cool. He's so <laughs> sweet and amazing. I'm like, how on earth is this gonna work out? But more power to them. I just like she's so not a nice person and then he's such an amazing person and he's so open-minded and he's like he goes above and beyond in the LGBTQ community. Unlike yeah. her, you know, it's like. They some of them consider um, like, oh, I'm all for the LGBT community, like holding a glass of wine at Pride. is not like yeah. trying to be an activist, like sit down. Like, <laughs> But, you know, he seems very like open and he's told me some stories. I'm like really impressed by him. He's he, he's amazing. When you published on Twitter that we should let minorities speak in these kinds of shows. That's kind of what you were talking about. Like, tell me about your thoughts on the reunions and how you felt like there was a lack of minorities and representation of minorities in the reunion. Well, I mean, if you consider the castmates, was there anyone of color? No. Was there anyone LGBTQ? No. Why do you think it's so important? Because it is a very fluffy show. It's fluff. Like it's bullshit. It's like bitchiness. It's drama. Why do you think it's show? It's a big show at the end of the day. It's a platform. Yeah. And I think everyone needs to you know, have more diversity and inclusion. And, yeah. um, you know, my wonderful ex boss who I love and adore Lisa, you know, she says that her workplace is very diverse and she does have a diverse group of people, but to be on the show and to be part of the core group of people that are on the show, there's not a lot of diverse at all. I know. And I know about some of the newer cast members that are obviously going to be featured in the new mm-hmm. season and it's still not that diverse. No. Is there anyone LGBTQ? No. Anyone of color? Not really. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, not not, really. Not really. Not really. Yeah. No, that's just, well, it's also a reflection of where we're at in America. But um, those, you know, 
it's just sad. It really is sad. And I don't want to be a part of that. So let's talk dating because that's one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. She's, she's looking at me. She's like, I don't want, I don't want to talk about this. No, I'm, I'm open. I mean, you know, dating in Los Angeles is hard. No, dating. Okay. So let me tell you, dating as like a wh- I'm hard. considered white here, but I'm not white. And I'm actually Jewish. But besides the point, <laughs> um, it still fucking sucks. I had to like bully someone from Miami to date me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it First does suck. I mean So how do you meet people mostly? Um, usually like at, at events or at the grocery store in the produce section. Mama, <laughs> Mama tries to wear a little extra makeup when she goes grocery shopping. Um but yeah, I usually try to meet people in person. I mean it's difficult now because people can Google you. I usually ask a guy when I'm dating them like to not Google me. Mm-hmm. Um just because like you know tabloids and you like it looks like i'm like trying to stab somebody on like the front page of something like it just they always capture the worst photos like it's not cute so i'm i always try to tell people please don't do your research if you want to get to know me ask me that's what i asked her brother and he still googled Um, Uh oh (laughs) yeah who does everyone still googles i don't fucking i don't have time to google i don't google i don't know and you know when like besides the point but when people go on instagram to see who's liked what i didn't even know about this feature until a couple weeks ago because it's how much i care I literally yeah. do not care that people, if I'm dating a guy and he's liking some like Instagram girl photos. Wait, like, you can see what people like on Instagram? Exactly. But, but we're on yeah, the same on page. Yeah, on the other side, you flip yeah, it. Yeah, we're on the same page. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to Google anyone. I don't, do you know what I mean? Like, you'll yeah. figure out, you'll, yeah. you'll figure it out eventually. Most of the stuff you read on Google is bullshit anyway. I feel like in West Hollywood, especially the LGBTQ community, tongue twister right there, Mm -hmm. is very much embraced. Do you know what I mean? Have you still found it difficult for you to date? Is it something that you struggle with less here than, you know, where you're from? Definitely less here than Indiana. I think um, New York, Los Angeles, like the bigger cities, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, But it's still challenging. I mean, being trans, like guys are... Some guys are really into it and really open-minded, but it's like, I'll date you, but I don't necessarily will like post about it or take you to my parents, you know? Well, like, how do you react to some to someone saying something like that? Um, well, you, it's some, a lot of times they won't admit it. It's like those guys are like, yeah, you're trans. That's cool. Whatever. That's fine. And then like you notice little things that make you feel insecure and you're like, they're kind of ashamed of my trans experience. And that's when it gets difficult because at the end of the day, like, I do enough of like being ashamed of myself in certain situations. I don't need a guy to do it. So it's hard. That's usually when I end it in the relationship. But I like actually dating trans men because I find like this comfort level of, right. of dating someone who's of trans experience. That you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but I'm really attracted to the masculine energy. I'm really attracted to men. Right. So, but I I date trans men. And one thing I love about them is because they really embrace the masculine energy. Yeah. You spoke about your last boyfriend that you had, that you broke up with. Was he a trans man or a... Um, yes. He was. Yeah. There's nothing like really wrong. I'm still really into him. I still like talk to him and Mm -hmm. like we're friends. But I don't know. I'm just in a place in my life where like I'm really busy and all these new projects and then I'm also wanting to adopt a child soon so I'm starting that whole process which could take a year but like I kind of might need to do this on my own you know I don't know if I necessarily need to be in a relationship and I know this sounds weird but like you know I when I was dating a guy he was like oh my kid's not gonna be vegan because I'm vegan Mm -hmm. and I'm like what like 
um, my kid's never going to eat meat. So, so I heard this on the, on Publicity's podcast. Yes. And I want to challenge you about this. Okay. Let me please. <laughs> so, you know, I come from like, I'm Jewish. So mm-hmm. I come from like a Jewish community where like people, some people are kosher. Some people are not kosher. Mm-hmm. Not fucking kosher. Sorry, guys. I've recently just tried oysters and I can't go back. I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what if, you know, you raise your kids to be vegan, but down the line, they just rebel against it. And like, I don't want to be fucking vegan. Oh, of course. I mean, that's like anything, you know, I yeah. mean, I would respect that. Yeah. Um, I, it won't be in my household. I won't buy it. Um, right. and I would probably be really sad and disappointed. And I would also, you know, make sure that there's a hospital nearby because, to process dead animal is a challenge for the human body. And if you've never had it and then all of a sudden they're like 16, they're like, mom, I'm going to have a piece of this steak. It's like, okay, well get ready for your stomach to hurt. Yeah. Yeah, You know, as a mom, I'm going to like, obviously be like, you know, I feel like it's easier to raise someone like from the start to be vegan. Cause you know, my assistant has never had meat in her life. Never. Never. That's crazy. Well, you don't, get, you don't get the cravings. That's good. I have a really fucked up story, which kind of relates, but kind of not. But I thought it'd be really interesting to bring it up. Um, I heard it on a podcast, actually, that some girl was on a dating app and she went on a date with some guy and he was like, come over, I'll cook for you. And it was a lovely meal. La la la. The next day checked into hospital sicker than ever. And they did. A, they ran a bunch of tests and they found out that he made her eat human flesh. Oh, what? my God. And so, uh, I mean, it's so disgusting. But first Wait, of all, no it's, it, no, it's like a true thing. It's like an actual thing. It happened. And it goes to show that, yeah, maybe our bodies have been accustomed to eating meat. And I eat meat. My dog eats meat, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. But... It just shows you that eating, you know, flesh or organs or whatever from another living being mm-hmm. um, is not good for you because the first time that she obviously was introduced to it. First of all, first of all, isn't that called cannibalism? Or yeah, yeah first of all, like anyone cook for me after hearing that. Yeah. No, but like, no, <laughs> but so the plot twist of the story is that guy might have been like a murderer and murdered someone and made her yeah, eat the person. It it's from? fucking disgusting. But it just shows that your body's not meant to process. Um, yeah, I mean, well, people are always like. Way. People tell me, oh, you know, I can't believe you're 35. You age very well. And like your skin's great. I mean, I do a lot of things for my skin. But when we. So do I. But when <laughs> you eat do. meat, it takes so much energy to process meat that it ages you. Really? I've met vegans who've been vegans for like 20, 30 years. And they are yeah, like they look flawless. Amazing. It's crazy. Like it's crazy how amazing their skin looks. All natural. Yeah. This woman who's done my facials, she used to do them all the time back in the day. She was like 55. And I shit you not, I thought she was 30 something, but she was vegan most of her life. Especially in this day and age, I feel like it's the easiest to be vegan. Like it's so easy. There's so many options. You can just walk into Trader Joe's. Yeah, no, it it really is easy. But I have to tell you, I date a lot of guys who are not vegan. A lot of my friends are not vegan and it's hard. And I'm from a trailer park. So there's times I still want sour cream. Like there are things like in my house, it's like one thing, but like when I'm out and about, it's really difficult. But, mm-hmm. you know, my boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, he jokes like I do my 20 percent like by helping the planet because he uses almond milk in his coffee. I am amazed by whenever I'm waiting for my coffee at Starbucks and I see how many people still use dairy like milk. I didn't I even can't do dairy. No, anymore. I can't do dairy. It's, but it's people so do like crazy yeah. amount. And he's like, I do almond milk. That's my 20% like a veganism or towards the planet. And almond I love that. Almond milk is actually so bad for the planet. Fun fact. Almond milk? Yeah. You want to do, uh, do what? Oat milk? 
Coke milk is better. Coconut milk is better. Coconut milk. Almond milk is so bad though. He's gonna be really disappointed that I'm gonna tell him. You can tell him that he's not actually doing the planet a service. (laughs) You know what? It's like that fucking guy. No, can I just say? Really bad. Yeah. So one time my dog pooped, and you've seen the size of my dog. Her poop is like this big. And one time I didn't pick it up, and some guy, which I know is terrible. Okay, shoot me, sue me. I don't give a fuck. And like this guy gets out of his car, and he's like, "You." bitch you could at least pick up after your dog because i didn't have a bag and I, and he was literally driving like a piece of shit car and i was like first of all okay your bo makes my dog poop smell like overpriced perfume number two your car your car is more detrimental to the environment that that tiny piece of shit that's going to disintegrate tomorrow number three the massive plastic bag that i have to use for for the size of a a a piece of shit of a bigger dog you get my yeah, point yeah i was like fuck you that said i should have picked up okay there are times i don't pick up either like especially like, if it's a really tiny amount i'm like a plastic bag for something that's going to be washed away by the sprinklers by yeah. 5 a.m anyway. it disintegrates the next day yes. it's so tiny it goes into the grass and it's good for the grass it's good for the it's grass it's good for the grass so Okay, this is an excuse for me being a fucking asshole and not picking up my dog's poop. But at the same time, if you're going to have a go at me about it, you know, with the excuse of like saving the planet, I'm like, go change your car and get yourself an electric car and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, seriously, it really, really bugged me. So anyway, um, besides the point. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there, though. I've been accused of not picking up my dog's shit. And it's like. Sometimes my bags, the bags that I have are not um, recyclable. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I'm like, you know, if it's just a little, I have a really small dog too. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a little shit. Now it's one thing if it's on the sidewalk where humans can step on it. Like that's a being a bitch. Yeah. That's like like actually disgusting. Cause then you, cause then you've ruined someone's pair of like Yeezys. Yeah. I want to ask you a couple of questions about, you know, ignorance surrounding the transgender community mm-hmm. and something that you mentioned that I, that I personally was curious about. How do you go about being a trans woman on a budget? That's something because I, and I want to know how much the whole transition costs and all those things. I mean, I, I hate to talk about money. I'm European. I think it's mm-hmm. very rude to talk about money, but maybe someone who you know, feels that way and feels like they don't have the means or don't know how to go about it budget wise. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad if you really want to transition and express who you are and you can't because financial reasons. Yeah. That's tragic. And I've been there. I, I, you know, would want, I wanted surgery for so long and I thought about it and I prayed about it and I manifested it and the universe just made it work out where like I had beautiful people in my life who helped me financially with the surgery. And then also I had a great job at the time. So it, it is hard though. I mean, we have some insurance companies who are stepping up and helping pay for things. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, it's really challenging. And when you say like on a budget, it's like, that's like, do I get a nose job for 10 grand because it's a really good doctor? Or do I get a nose job for five grand and let's see how it turns out? Right. Like that's something scary. And I hate the fact that my community is even in situations like that. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. So what are little things that you can do, you know, to start the transition process that are kind of more cost effective? Well, I mean, you start your hormones immediately. Right. That's like something and that really shifts things in your body and really helps you right. be more feminine. Laser hair removal is way cheaper these days, which uh-huh. is nice. Um, and then there's also fillers that are cheaper, like little cheap fixes. My doctor, Dr. Revkin, he's in Los Angeles and he does all kinds of really cool fillers to feminize the face. Right. So there's definitely things you can do that are cheaper now. But, um, you know, it's something when I wanted it, I talked about it all the time. I put it out in the universe 
you know, I, I know some people immediately go to the internet and they do like a GoFundMe page. It's like, oh, pay for my surgery. Will you please share? And it's like, I think you really need to like pray and really try to like, even maybe like um, match it. Like that's what I told some of my friends, like whatever you give me, I'll match or whatever I have saved up, they'll match it. Right. So that way I can really get my surgery. So right. What is the most pricey thing to do throughout this whole process? Like the priciest procedure? Well, facial feminization is really pricey because you it's multiple surgeries. Right. So, um, you know, you're getting your nose done. If you have to get your jawline um, shaved down or your uh-huh. brow line shaved down, right. lip lift, um, cheek implants. I mean, there's all types of things. I didn't necessarily have those. I just mainly had um, rhinoplasty nose, a lip yeah. lift, and then I had... Um, a brow lift. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, and then the sexual reassignment surgery is really expensive. I went to yeah. Thailand, which was actually cheaper than going to America, but I liked the surgeon better than the ones in America. Right. And I liked his results. Um, they spoke English. Yeah. So they spoke good. English and some of their staff members didn't speak to like everyone pretty much spoke English, but a couple of them were a little broken English, but they literally slept on the floor the first few nights that I've, after you have surgery, like the nurse sleeps on the floor. Oh my gosh. Wow. They have like a little pad. It's like amazing hospitality. Oh, amazing. What is the number one thing that people should pay most attention to when it comes to the transgender community and the misconceptions around it? What do you want to, what do you want people to take away from like this episode and just the whole community? As mm-hmm. I would just say, they would say be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, if you're uncomfortable with asking or you don't understand, just ask, what are your pronouns? Yeah. You know, what would you prefer me to call you? Yeah. Um, and they may shock you and say, actually, I'm non-binary or GNC, where I just don't want you to call me she or her or him. Mm-hmm. It would rather be they or them. Right. So you just have to be very open to that. And, and it's okay if you feel a little bit uncomfortable. I think in every relationship, something new friendships, we have those uncomfortable moments getting to know each other. Yeah. And same goes for getting, getting to know a trans person. And then I would also say if you have the power to hire someone, hire someone trans. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you know someone who has the power, if your mom is the manager at Subway, whatever the experience is, um, if they have the power to, to hire someone, Give a trans person an opportunity because like I said, our unemployment rate is three times higher and it's really a challenge. And the reason why the trans community suffers so much, one of the reasons is because we don't get opportunities. And if you don't give us opportunities, then we end up on the streets. And for us to do sex work, Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be really challenging. Right. And not that I'm saying sex work is off or negative or anything like that but it's not what you, people aspire to doing when you know f- as a life career for well, example well and the life on a sh- on the streets is it's yeah. very difficult and you yeah. are more likely to get abused threatened killed yeah and attacked and what do you do you go to drugs to numb that pain right so it just by giving a trans person an opportunity you literally can change their entire life yeah. and change our community a hundred percent and what can you say about sex change and sexual orientation mm-hmm. so i know there's a lot of probably ignorant people listening to the podcast and I, you tweeted about it and I kind of wanted you to explain it a little bit more well the audience gender and sexual like okay yeah. you're straight yeah okay so what you're attracted to yeah sexually is different than your gender identity yeah and so, does that change throughout the transition or it kind of stays the it same can. I mean yeah. I you know society because I was a boy I was raised as a boy yeah society and I was attracted to boys yeah society said you're a gay male you're yeah. gay mm-hmm. but I never felt right in that whole 
situation and I was just listening to what society my doctor told me Mm -hmm. when I got to be of a certain age and I came to Los Angeles and someone said you're trans I'm like oh my god so I transitioned and now I'm considered heterosexual because Mm -hmm. I'm into straight men and straight men like me because I'm a woman Um, some people were like oh so you date gay men and I'm like what gay man do you know that likes boobs and a vagina (laughs) yeah like and I just know. Yeah. So it can be a little confusing when someone transitions. Like, you know, you have someone, let's say, who is a female and they transition into male. They were a lesbian, but now they're straight. Mm-hmm. So me dating my ex, we are a straight couple, even right. though he used to be a lesbian and I used to be a gay man. Do you feel like people who transition are more inclined to being more fluid with those things? Because I'm just asking because I've interviewed Gigi Gorgeous a couple mm-hmm. of times. Oh, I and Gigi. I, I love Gigi. She's amazing. And I know, that, I know that she's kind of, I guess she's bi or she's gone mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah. Um, do you think that transitioning kind of enables more fluidity or you think it has absolutely nothing to do with it? I think you are exposed to being more open-minded and you yeah. question and, and you're in an environment when you transition and you build that um, community where you have the space and the freedom to express your sexuality in a different way. Yeah. And the thing is, we, for me, it's a spectrum when it comes to gender identity and sexual orientation. Yeah, and, you know, it really is upsetting whenever, like, I talk to a cis girl, like, let's say a cis straight girl, and mm-hmm. I'm like... You know, and they're like, oh, my man's bi or like this guy, like he liked me, but he said he was bi. That's disgusting. A lot of straight cis women kind of make it harder for bisexual men mm-hmm. because they're like, I'm not going to compete with that. I don't have a dick. Why am I going to compete with that? Yeah. And it's like it's it should be fluid. It should be open. It shouldn't be like black or white well I feel like when you're bi it's not necessarily about the dick or the vagina it's kind of more about the person yeah exactly I forget. yeah there's a term for it I forget pansexual what yeah pansexual I think yeah. that is like such a beautiful explanation of just like how things should be perceived it's more of like how you're looking at someone's soul like yeah their personality mm-hmm. as opposed to like if exactly a girl or a boy like um I want to know Tali do you have any questions that you want to ask before we wrap this up I am good on questions I've, actually I feel like I've covered a I've, lot of yeah, things I've had so much fun jumping in on this yeah I like lo- you know this is her first podcast she doesn't know anything about wow. podcasts. Yeah. yeah thanks for having me I'm glad me. we popped your cherry yeah I <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just wanted to include her and thought it would be like a fun experience for her yeah. as well. So nice of you. Thanks for your time. I know it's hot because I have to turn the air corner off, but no worries. Can you tell everyone where they can find you on all your socials, your blog, please? Cause I really yes. enjoyed reading that. Um, at it's me, Billy Lee. Dot, um, it's my social media. And then it's me, Billy Lee.com is my blog. Pr- a sneak peek on some of the projects maybe. Um, yeah, I'm doing a talk show brunch with Billy. Um, it's going to be a cute talk show. I think we're going to start it out as a podcast and then it's going into a talk show because we're waiting for the soundstage to be built. Um, and then I'm working on an exciting project that I can't really talk about with Lionsgate and a book deal in the works. There's yeah, some really fun things. Yeah. So brunch with Billy is happening after all. But it's not going to be at sir. It's Bye. not going to be at sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so, so much. Thanks for having me. We've got all the news right here. I'm going to stop you right there. I see you about to settle on a day-old donut for breakfast. Well, this is a chicken intervention. Because McChicken Biscuits and Chicken McGriddles are now at McDonald's. So just hit that drive through and change your life. For breakfast, you got this. 
Wake Up Breakfast. Say good morning to McChicken for breakfast. Right now at your local McDonald's, you can mix and match two chicken McGriddles or McChicken biscuits for just $3. Price and participation may vary at participating McDonald's for a limited time. 